Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Go T.Y. There it is. That it's the first single off the new album from the Black Boomers. It'll be out in late October. Good tune. Called More Than a Love Song. Great jam. Um, mm-hmm. Local at the top. Here like in the, into the fabulous fifth hour. Nice. I think you'll like that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't know about it until I remember when you talked about it on, man, B&E. Like, a, like when it, they, nobody knew about the Black Boomers. You're like, man, you got to check out this band. They're great. They're great. Yeah. And I went literally that day. And listened to the album and downloaded it. And I've been jamming it ever since. And then, of course, they blew up and, you know, came, you know, Grammy. They win the Grammy or? No, no they were nominated. nominated for the Grammy. They um, played at the Grammy. Yeah, they did. They played the Grammys. And I remember kept telling me, I was like, man, my man E. Hogan, he was, you were on the money on that one. That was like, I swear that was like a month, months before they started blowing up and becoming a national thing. I'm not saying that you blew them up and everything no, no. like that. I'm just saying like you was talking about it before I heard anybody. Yeah. Well, it's one of those albums you hear it the first time. Like, damn, that's really, really good. Yeah, that's their debut album. All right, well, that's their second album that's coming out at the end of October. Uh, remember, our live music update will be tomorrow uh, as we get you ready for the. Oh, uh, man, I believe it's. Uh, we learned last week in our live music uh, set list ATX at tonight at Booty Center. They've they've got they've disbanded the dirt and the bull riding shoots. <laughs> Lionel Richie. Lionel Rich go from bull riding to Lionel Rich and Earth Wind and Fire. Ooh. Earth Wind and Fire tonight at the Moody. How do they? How do they do that? That's their that second band? time at the Moody, right? I think so. Because they like open it up with like a soft yeah, opening yeah. or something, it's like a company yeah. thing. It was it a Dell thing? Dell. Dell did a it was big a Dell uh, thing, and they brought in Earth Wind and Fire. Yeah, yeah. just for Come the on. employees. Of the and they said they still got fire. They said there's still a lot of wind in them lungs and no, still got some we'll fire. See. We'll see. Yeah. We're gonna hear some lungs and some speaking from Steve Sarkeesian mm-hmm. this hour. Uh, we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. Uh, is this, the Longhorns, uh, we're, we're gearing it up. And, Rod, as you talked about, it's a tough day. We know we're talking about cut-down day in the NFL, but the oh, dream man. ends. It is. And, it's uh, a sad day. A lot of dreams going to die. And, and those dudes will die for good. They'll never, ever be able to revive those dreams again. A lot of these guys in the NFL, it is over for them. I've been that guy, so I know. I sympathize. Well, and our again. friend uh, Andrew Brandt, who used to be the front office guy with the Packers <laughs> for a long time, he said he had a nice tweet that said, such a tough day in the NFL, the day I hated the most. Hundreds of players who did everything the team asked them to do for months mm-hmm. are released. Yeah. Some will return to a practice squad. Some will surface on other teams. But for many, the dream ends. Exactly. He does. See, that's, that's his way. See, I was like, yes, the day a lot of dreams die. And I was, I went to Canada to keep my dream alive. At least now these guys have USFL. They got the XFL. At least they have now other options. Back in my day, it was Canada. And, hell, they had NFL Europe for a while, and that was a thing. But you didn't have a lot of options once your NFL dream was dead, right? Um, and average career is like career spans three and a half years in the NFL, and it keeps shrinking um, every decade or so. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for a lot of these guys, but I'm happy they have other opportunities they can pursue to at least keep the football dream alive. You may not make it back to the NFL. Once, you, once you're out of the NFL, it's, it's really hard to like go, from, go, to, go to Canada and then come back to the league. It happens, but it's rare. But think about it. None of these guys grew up wanting to be a Canadian Football League star. Nobody grew up wanting to be an XFL star. Nobody grew up wanting to be a USFL star. No, you grew up wanting to be an NFL star. Right? Nobody grows up wanting to be an adult entertainer. No, you just end up there. Right? Your, your dream died. Your dream was deferred right. and you're like damn i came to hollywood to be a star turns out now i'm working in only fans i'm an adult entertainer it just happened nobody grew up wanting to be a porn star and nobody grows up wanting to be a cfl star you just end up there you do <laughs> because your dream well, was deferred <laughs> well and obviously this is your lifelong dream right it's what yeah. you've done your whole life and you were a star at every level on the way for most of these guys 
you know, they don't you know don't cut players in high school anymore, and you don't get cut from your college teams unless you're playing for Deion Sanders. Uh, but <laughs> oh, you can just move on. But I mean, this is the highest level. It's so, the highest level, man. You know, you just you know, I don't think the average uh, Joe can can because because to even get to where these guys have gotten today to the final cut. I mean the commitment level. Oh, it's unbelievable. The workout. It's a the family time. thing. Like there are other people also that were devoted to that dream. You got kids. Yeah. You know, you gotta be devoted to their dream too to help them accomplish it. So imagine how devoted some of the you know fans are. I'm sorry, the fan the family are. Well it's a, the, the mindset of that. I mean, you know, a lot of us can commit to something that we know is secure. It's a, it's our job, it's our livelihood at the same time. Those guys are committing to it and giving up their bodies and the, the work that goes into it without without being certain. They, they're yeah. not sure. They, then they've got to commit to it. They've got to do everything the coach says and put up with uh, the demands of that, but then mm-hmm. know that the end of the day, you know, the end of the line might not be good enough. And that is a tough day for all yep. those folks. Amen, and uh, we're keeping our eyes on it today for all mm-hmm. of the uh, the lifetime Longhorns. We know Colt McCoy was a part of cutdown day yesterday, which, I mean, that Nobody's said, immune. Nobody, no matter what, nobody is are. immune. <laughs> he was about to be a starting quarterback for an NFL team was like three season. days ago. <laughs> exactly. It's like, nah, he got cut. But I think he's gonna be a, he's gonna be fun. Colt is he he is a constant professional, and he is one of the backup most reliable backups in the league that can actually win you games. And the problem is Arizona don't want to win no games, okay? And Colt he he could he could inspire the team his team he could rally the troops. He's probably in there putting in extra time, staying late, coming in early. There's a chance with his professionalism, with his competent level of play, he could win the Arizona Cardinals a game or two, and they can't have that because that would screw up the tankathon. Tankathon. <laughs> we, were, we just saw about Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, oh. Caleb Williams. Yeah, we want that first pick. And the second. We want, and the second. They can get it. I think they could sabotage Houston if they could at this point. <laughs> uh, this says Bizarro Dale Dudley on the text line says, uh, Rod, that's not true. I'm still trying to be an adult film star. <laughs> hey, you know what? Only fans has given all you folks hope who actually want to be in the adult entertainment industry. He's you don't a male, have to. though. He wants to be part of the. Yeah, that's sad. Can... I, a girl I went to high school with, she, all... she straight out of high school just went to L.A. to be a porn star. No. She didn't go OnlyFans? You, you might know her as Gabby Carter. She's no. one of the. <gasps> one She's of like the... known? She's she, like... Was, she got the number uh, newcomer of the year at the uh, Adult Video Awards. Really? Mm-hmm. Whoa! Parents are so proud. What's, go what's chefs. Go chefs. Give me uh, her name. How long again. ago was this? I, uh, I mean, she popped on the scene probably what three years Does ago. Does she now. have a real name? You no, know? I want to yeah, know her know. screen name. Her screen name is Gabby Carter. All right, done. I mean, oh, I'm on. No. <laughs> you just got Twitter. You got to be people fired Boom. today, Todd. No, I'm looking at that right What's going now. on at Westlake? <laughs> you got teachers oh. with students. I mean, what the heck? Only wow. fans. She. I, I, I'm not going to click on these videos. <laughs> But she is listed on some of these adult. I'm like, not on this phone. I got a phone for that, and it ain't this phone. <laughs> I got an old phone I use for that kind of research, and it's not my Debbie, nice what? phone here. I don't want to get my phone infected with some virus. Get your burner out. Yeah, give her. That's my burner, and I'll look her up in some of her videos. <laughs> that is too much. So yeah, Rod, uh, you know. Wow. There's an outlier for everything. As somebody who did grow up wanting to be a porn star. <laughs> You're right. Exceptions to every rule. My apologies. And she's done an exceptional job at it too. Hey. Hey. You, you know, know what? How you do anything is how you do everything. Damn it. Commit to it. She didn't even try to mess around with being a real actress, you know, just, you know. But now she can go OnlyFans. She doesn't even really need to. No, These I, days, you don't even need to go through the industry I think anymore. she started, like, right before right OnlyFans before okay. started, then she's transitioned. I don't know. I, I, I'm, yeah. not a, I'm not a big fan yeah. of her content. I just know who she is. Well, but... Uh, <laughs> You went to high school with her. I know. I've I've some I saw her at the bar a few years ago and I was like, Can I get a picture? And she's uh, like, 
And I called her again, and she's like, that, you know, that's not my name. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm gonna <laughs> oh, call she you wants that. you to address her by her name, her real name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. I am liking her. She dated one of my friends. That is fantastic. And then broke up with him and became a porn star. Oh, what? Yep. So he was the last relationship she had before she hit the industry? Yeah, I think she's married now. In, in the industry, just married. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's how you, you got a strong commitment right there. Strong I, I couldn't do that personally. But. No, I couldn't do it either. I couldn't be married to a porn oh, star. Oh no, I couldn't no, even be married no, to a stripper. No. I'm, I'm too insecure for that. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't even be married. A stripper would even that'd be too much for me. Just, yeah, just I, never, I can't do never it. fall in love with a stripper. She's trying to get you to fall in love with her. Let's not forget that. Hey, we've all fallen in love with a stripper. No, do it. I I have. I, and they're right. <laughs> it's, it's a bad decision, but you should not do it. But I have done it. <laughs> I mean, they got skills. Yes, <laughs> they making do you do that. Skills. That is a great story, Ty. Ty, there you go. Well done. See, this, you know uh, the five o'clock, the five, the fifth hour is wild. You got to tune in, and if you <laughs> miss it because you got it off, then the boss says we have a meeting. Just podcast it because Ty always comes up with something that we didn't know. Hey, last, I did not know that. Hey, last time, last hour we heard about the. Uh, the dude wipes that are pumpkin spice flavor, the Dumpkin wipes, I and mean, those are Dumpkin awesome. spice is what they're calling these. The this this wipes like is Dunkin it the spice. smell? The scent is Dumpkin spice. Pumpkin. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's, wow. it's like uh, of course the pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks because mm. you know sometimes that coffee will be the accelerator for your for your innards. So and no, don't they? Is that a together. seasonal thing? The pumpkin spice yeah, latte yeah, is like a Thanksgiving, very Halloweenish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fall as thing. it cools off, which no, people are going to do. People love it, man. I'm not into. It sounds it. very sugary to me. I don't drink not coffee, so sugar. I don't, you know. I don't <laughs> your 10-year reunion will be packed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. It's coming up. Oh, you got, you got to go, oh, right? Yeah, you're, it's in like a year. Nice. Two. I, think, I haven't gone to any Gabby of my will reunions. will come back? She's not in my grade. She was younger. Um, but mm. I mean, I, like, I, there's, some, there's some interesting guys and girls in my grade, I'm Don't sure. click those videos. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't click those videos. Right, she out. is attractive. No, she's, she's yeah, good for her. She's. I'm glad she actually grew up. I guess she wanted to be a porn star. So there are exceptions to the rule. She wanted to be one, and she became one. So. Everybody's got a dream. Everybody's got a dream. Everybody's got a dream. How do you feel about your parents? Her parents have been. Did they cool with that? I mean, she's. I don't. Doesn't she's making like, money at least. Well, know. she has a, a steady money. job. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think the OnlyFans is better because the OnlyFans you don't have to go through the industry and there's less chance for exploitation. Yeah, you can kind of. Take ownership of your own brand. You know, if you want to be a you know sex worker, whatever, that's obviously your own business, and you should take a lot of pride in it. Um, but <laughs> you can have, you can take more ownership of that. You don't need some middleman well, or kinda, someone. It's kind of in the same the the same light as uh, streaming killing cable. Is OnlyFans is the streaming of the porn industry. Look at this oh guy. Oh, my gosh. Boom. Just Maybe. think about Good it. Good for you. You should teach a class at Brilliant. St. <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> he, he's right, though. Oh, now, he's right. right about that, yeah. And you now know what? Now, if we, are, if we want to be adult and you can do it. You can put on a mask right now and go on OnlyFans, you and your wife, and probably make good money. Yeah, make decent money. Mm-hmm. I've thought about Nobody it. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that? Mm, I, I don't oh, think so. Somebody want to see it. There's somebody out there making money on it. Trust me. Somebody want to see it. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. No, it's all about marketing. All about marketing. All about marketing. Everybody wants to know where all the workers go, where all the employees go. Oh, they're making videos. Working from home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, part of, the, low, they're part of the gig economy. That's where they are. <laughs> God bless OnlyFans. God bless them. I still don't have an OnlyFans account. Do you have one, Tom? No. 
Uh, I, I mean, don't have I've, one. I've done some research. Okay, past, so I've I, done some research. I'm not like an avid subscriber of the OnlyFans models or anything, yeah. but I've I've gotten curious before. Yes, I know. I I, I don't have an account even, so that's like I, normal. But it's school. one of those things that if you look at like each each one of the the people with an account charges you. Oh, you it's a subscription. Yeah, you can each one. Yeah. Do each one. That could get. That seems like it would get pretty pricey. <laughs> That's get very pricey. You got. I got to really like her. <laughs> I got to really like whatever's happening. How do you pick this one? <laughs> can I unsubscribe and subscribe to another? I don't know, one? man. You can subscribe to as many as you want. Uh, it's gonna cost me money, huh? <laughs> There's some people that do it for free on there. Hey, oh, really? Pro bono. This is this is uh, pro bono. That could mean something else. <laughs> OnlyFans. I, I am not. I'm not. I, I will. You'll learn this about me, Rod. But in my my years, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the adult clubs, the the, the strip clubs. Uh huh. But is that one of the things where you pick one, or do you spread the wealth throughout the club? Oh, or what's your? It depends on what your motive is when you go to. Strip I don't. Club. I don't do clubs either. So yeah, I never really have been. I've been to a couple of bachelor parties. That's about the extent of to, mine. I've been to XTC here in town though. Oh, no. like, yeah, but do you like? Do you like pick one? And stick with no, it? it. It depends. Like I said it depends on your motive. Some guy, if you're going in to spend a lot of bread, you're gonna make it rain. I'm yeah. going to drink. <laughs> you're gonna make it rain. Yeah, you you, you pick you pick many. Like, I've you told just... you my, my friends usually say no, I don't like the club. So if I go, they pick the grossest stripper in there oh, and make her go no. over to me, and I'll be like, I'll be like I don't want to pay. And like they say they already paid me. So the, the you're getting a show. The grossest stripper, the worst stripper in the club. Yes, so that can't hear me that bad, right? Aren't all the strippers decent? In Austin, oh, uh, I mean, really? Austin clubs are not too nice. Hey, we're going behind the burnt orange <laughs> curtain coming up at the bottom of the hour. We've got I'm good uh, in these clubs. They're <laughs> they, pretty good. They're, uh, we will go back to some football Times talk. Have changed. Here from Sark. Uh, if you missed it earlier, we talked a lot of baseball uh, to start the show in the early part of the show because uh, uh, Ty's Rangers. Now, by the way, your your what's popping pick of the night? You keep you keep picking homer picks. It feels like to me. Yeah, and uh, you took the Astros to lose to the Red Sox. That did not happen. See, I, I did it again though, where I I told everyone to take that, then I took the Astros. Oh, because I think we are going to start calling your what's popping pick the Sex Panther pick of the night. Ties <laughs> Sex Panther because because sixty percent of the time it, it works, works all every the time. time. <laughs> yeah, it works every that. time. We're gonna go, uh, but so you took the uh, the, the Rangers. Uh, you took the Astros to lose to Chris Sale. The Astros slugged him around, had him out of there pretty early. But the Astros got to win. If you're paying attention, this is what's going to look at this. Rod, we're on uh, September. I mean August 29th. We got about a month of the baseball season, and it's one game separates these three teams in the AL West. This is really great. Mariners won again last night. Julio Rod- Julio uh, Rodriguez had another four-hit game. That's crazy, man. He's batting five sixteen over a thirteen-game hitting streak. It's the hottest hitter in baseball yeah. right now. Yeah. What did we say earlier? The, the most hits over a ten-game period that we've seen since Kenny Lofton, like back in the late nineties. That's how hot this guy is. <laughs> So the Mariners blanked the A's. Astros clobbered the Bo Sox, and uh, Jose Altuve will hit for the cycle, which was pretty cool. Third inning single, fifth inning, uh, third inning double, fifth inning single, tripled in the sixth, then hit the home run in the eighth inning, which was awesome. And then the Rangers, because I was watching these games, you're thinking, oh gosh, well, we know the Mariners are going to beat the A's here tonight because the Mariners A's are terrible. They're trying to lose. Yeah, they're they're (laughs) 38 wins on the year, uh, and we're approaching the last month. It tells you where they are. But so. so the, but the Rangers were trailing the Mets 3-2, to two, and you're thinking, well, the, the Rangers have to take care of the Mets. Mets are a last-place team. They've traded their best players. You've got to win these games. You're going to keep up in this division. And they were down 3-2, to two, and if you're a Ranger fan, you know this. The Rangers all year hadn't rallied for a ninth-inning win. They, hadn't, they were 0-47 
That's amazing. In uh, games in which they were down a run or trailing in the ninth inning. So none of their wins, considering how much they won this year, none of the wins were comeback wins. None of them. None of them. And so, and that'd be baseball, but uh, they did. They rallied for it, a two-out hit for Nathaniel Lowe. Uh, scored two, and that was your ball game. Uh, we had to get it, get it, get the outs in the ninth and the home half, and they did. So they're now one in forty-seven in games mm-hmm. in which they trail. So all these, all three win last night. So one game separates the Mariners in first place, Astros and Rangers behind. And remember, Rod, coming up next week, there'll be that yeah, big yeah, series. series at the Gilf, right? At the Gilf, Ooh. Houston and Texas is coming your way right out of Labor Day. I think it starts on Labor Day Monday. And um, yeah, I mean that's that's it. And then then the Rangers still have seven matchups with the Mariners. Seven of the that's, last ten games are with a, Seattle. That's a scary proposition right there. Considering how, how good they're playing, really? Let's well, go. Well, that's, at, least, at least you control your destiny. At least you yeah, can, that's true. We're considering right, right the Astros and the Mariners, they got to play them both. That's still scary, though, because the Rangers are playing their worst baseball right now of the season. I know they just got to win. but they they, just, Well, and they had to scrap to do it against exactly. the last-place team, so they, they need to uh, crank this up. And if you're an Astros fan, you're excited because – you know, Michael Brantley is back, and your your offense is cranking up. The other thing happened last night for Houston outside of uh, of Altuve's cycle is that Jordan Alvarez hit his first home run since early August. He had been back. He's in the lineup, but he had not been able to find that, that home run stroke, and he drilled one last night. Uh, remember, the Astros scored 17 runs on Sunday. They scored 13 more last night, so 30 runs in two nights. You, you kind of feel like their offense is heating up right at the right time. They're still not pitching to the elite yeah. level, but man, that offense, especially if you put Michael Brantley back in there at some capacity, uh, this is going to be pretty darn good. And, and yeah, the starting pitching is their big issue. Well, and that's the thing. Right now, the Mariners are pitching better than anybody else. Pitching and hitting. Yeah, the Mariners <laughs> are pitching at the better level than either the Rangers or the Astros. And that's where – um, that, that's. but right now they all are going to make the playoffs because the Astros and Rangers are holding down the final wild card spots in the American League along with Tampa. So, you know, the, 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 it's about the division. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you got a good sense that all three could make the playoffs at this point, uh, which will be a lot of fun to see uh, down the stretch here. So, yeah, man, we're going to flip the calendar to September, and it's, it's September baseball when the NFL and the college football ranks crank it up. No doubt. And there is a report. Remember we were asking about, about if there was another team that was involved in the Trey Lance trade discussions other than the Cowboys? Uh, there is a report and and that exactly it's coming. Uh, I got it from Cowboys Wire, uh, but it comes from Can Inman. Um, he is claiming that the Bills actually were Ooh. another team involved. Well, that would be interesting because Josh Allen's a running quarterback, and you you can simulate a lot of what he does replicate. Yes, that's what he's. I said that's one report. Uh, bless you that he's claiming, and he's a 49ers reporter for the San Jose Mercury News. So. All right, he, so maybe the Cowboys had competition for Yeah, he's claiming that maybe the, the Bills were the only team that, at least that has been reported, that was competition with the Cowboys. So there was one other team involved. And you're right, the Bills, that does make a lot of sense. I'm trying to think about who the backup quarterback is for the Bills right now. But in terms of skim, having a, a – I think it's Matt Barkley. So. Oh, you might be right about that. I'm God, not he's sure. He's still playing. Yeah, drafted by the Eagles, I believe, at one point, too. because the Eagles just draft quarterbacks. The like USC. They um, but, yeah, in terms of skill Kyle set – Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley. It, there you go. Good job, Ty. Uh, Skill set wise, though, I think we all agree Trey Lance would be much more compatible with the offense. You wouldn't have to change too much of the offense when you bring in a Trey Lance if something happened to Josh Allen. Right now with Matt Barkley, um, you'd change a lot. Kyle Allen, you're changing a lot within that offense. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, you're right. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's, there's some compatibility with that quarterback to that offense. And. You know, Brian Dayball's not there anymore, but Brian Dayball got a lot of credit for helping to, mm-hmm. you know, 
polish up the the rawness of Josh Allen yeah, and take him from this really talented prospect to star. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, I think you know, Josh Allen would be a great mentor for Trey Lance. But now Dak Prescott gets to be that mentor. It's a good mentor too, though. Dak was that's good. Yeah, Dak's got great leadership ability, and you know, we, he been through a quarterback controversy already once and did it as a rookie and handled it with. You know, such great maturity and a plum. I mean, it was great. Well, and that's a, a plum. Nice job. I like the <laughs> fact that, they, look, that Jerry Jones said this. He said, we wanted to get a young guy in there because we like that quarterback room. It's a good place to cultivate and, and develop a young player. It's got great positive energy in there with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Uh, same time, you know, we're, we're learning and we know about the business of football because today's cutdown day. Yeah, it is. You know, people, I heard a lot of people on ESPN, especially because it was a big story and they could run with it, making it a big deal that you, you shouldn't do this to your starting quarterback, Dak Prescott. What are you, what are you sending messages to him for? Look, did Dak, no, maybe this was a message to him that it's still a business. Mm-hmm. And did we just acquire your replacement? Potentially. Potentially, but that happens to every every player at every position. Hey, thank you. It's, it's, it's called the NFL, right? It's called the NFL. Everybody uh, they're always to looking to, to acquire your replacement at every position. Yep. Uh, and did the Cowboys just maybe do that? Okay. Uh, so Dak, deal with it. Don't you know? Go play. Don't pull a Carson Wentz. Don't go Wincy on us. Yeah. I like Don't it. let that you know insecurity overwhelm you. No, let that. Competition, let it drive you and turn you into a better player. Uh, but I, I think the point that you made is probably the best criticism or probably the most, uh, I think it is the most relevant criticism of the move. Because I love the move, by the way, and I've talked oh, about yeah, how yeah. I think it's great for the Cowboys. But Jerry probably should have consulted Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott. Didn't need to heed their advice or heed their counsel. He didn't have to do what they said, but out of courtesy and, you know, a certain level of professionalism. He's your head coach and the other guys are starting quarterback. So it, it maybe that maybe that was part of the message you send to Dak that now nah, man, you ain't yeah. no no man's above the team. You too you're not too important. You still have to at least a heads yeah. up. Hey y'all, this is, we're we're on the phone with the Niners over here. Something could happen. We're we're in on on this Trey Lance thing. Okay, that's it. Because, again, you have to take it back to what's gone on in the last year. Kellen Moore's out. Mike McCarthy was given more autonomy and more power over the offense. And then vis-a-vis that, Dak Prescott has been given more autonomy and, and purview over the offense mm-hmm. and the play calling and, and this Texas Coast offense they're running. Uh, it's just one of those things. You're, you're empowering them to take control. So let them know. Just fill them in. Hey, uh, we're we're talking about just Trey Lance. It's kind of come to us. I think it's a good move for us. And uh, you know, not that you can tell us no, don't do it. <laughs> well, we're but, doing it. Just just so you know, you should as a an owner though, you should want to hear what they have to say about it. Sure. Even before you make the move. Now, I gave the that's I, right. I gave the example earlier of Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh famously. When he wants to trade for Steve Young, he brings all of his coaches in <laughs> and basically asks them to raise their hands. I need a show of hands if you support us trading for Steve Young. And the story, as the story goes, not one coach raised their hand to support the move. They thought it was a disastrous move. Bill Walsh was upset <laughs> by the opinions of his coaches. He stormed out of the room and made the, tri- made the trade anyway because he's Bill Walsh and he knows best. But to, to East Point, at least he sought advice of his coaches and he didn't have to heed that advice but he saw it and he was like okay now y'all fell apart the process now i'm going to do what i think is best for the team now you see how important you really are but you know and bill walsh was right and it worked out but it did lead to a quarterback 
Joe Montana, Steve Young problem. Yeah, it did. For, yeah. for you know, a good amount of time there, and it was led to the end of Joe Montana in San Francisco. That's what Bill Walsh wanted. He, he mm-hmm. wanted the competition level up. To, he thought, man, you know what? Because I believe this is after Joe Montana's injury, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Nah, and Bill Walsh right. was right for doing it. Uh, but, again, Bill Walsh wasn't the owner of the team. That was Eddie DeBartolo. But Bill Walsh made the move, and it ended up working out because yeah. uh, Joe Montana was off to Kansas City, and Steve Young took over, and they won more Super Bowls. We'll be back. When we do, Rod will take you behind the burnt orange curtain. We've got Steve Sarkeesian, game week mode, urgency, got time to uh, put it in the dirt. We'll hear from Sark coming back in the, uh, in the curtain here on the other side. Texas Sports, the horn. Down your back, tricks, give me a kiss. I got a castle in the Paris, got a crib in the city. I said I'd get you something nice, something pretty, and I did. And There's a Bob like Schneider, a little uh, Austin legend there. Good stuff. you like that one, Ron. That was kind of nice. I like that. Got a good groove to it. This is not always, is this his typical style? Oh, he's got about a million styles. Okay. Turn that up a little bit. Can we play this? Is this legal? Okay. Right, I, it doesn't have an explicit thing on there. So, you know. I know. I hate when they do that. When you look up, is it is it PG thirteen or does it have you know uh, any type of cussing in it or something? And they'll say no, it doesn't have explicit lyrics. But then they'll leave in a cuss word. Or they sometimes they'll do it in a rap song. They'll leave in the N word. I'm like, well, that's explicit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's on the, uh, the definition of explicit. It says right. clean version. Yet they left in the N word. I'm like, that ain't clean. That's never nobody. That, nope. That's as by dirty as it gets. Definition of explicit. <laughs> right. you know, that's that, explicit. Yeah. Depends on depends on what is is. I guess, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Some people don't know the definition of explicit and clean. I guess I don't know. Hey, so that is uh, Bob Schneider. Mudhouse is the song. If you're looking for it, we're playing some local tunes as usual here on Austin's only local morning sports conversation. Before the top of the hour, we'll wrap it up with what's popping. Things we'll be watching and doing mm. today and tonight including uh, Ty's Sex Panther pick of the night for you gamblers <laughs> who like to be right most of the time. We got to get that drop that, you know, 60% that's of the time. That's your job right now. It works All every time. time. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> it's a, such a classic line. We need that there, Ty. That's on you. That's right on now. you, man. It's part of your Sex Also, speaking of what's popping, can I say a happy wedding anniversary to my parents? Hey! 53 years, Rod. 53 years. Are you serious? 53? 53. What's the secret? Did they tell you? Uh, they reveal the secret. I can't. I, no, I, just stick with it. I guess would be the uh, no. sticks to it. Is this? No. Yeah. Yeah. Sixty percent of the time, it works. Every time. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. They got it married, doesn't make uh, sense. I love this that. day, uh, August twenty-nine of nineteen seventy. Wow. Nineteen seventy. That is. That's amazing. The mean streets of Akron, Ohio. What a blessing! And you said they met at like an ice cream shop. What was it? Donuts. Donuts. Donut shop. Donut shop. Donut shop. Yeah. And here like we are. That. Donuts here we met are. to go nuts. So happy so anniversary! Congratulations. That is. That is amazing. Still living down in the in Houston where I grew up. Uh, I mean, out there, mom probably listening while working. She's still working at her age, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah. Still doing her medical coding, but uh, fifty something years. Fifty three. Wow. What are they doing for their fifty third anniversary? Do you know? Dude, what's the plan? Bet not much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fifty three is like, hey man, we did it all. We did. What else is that to do? We did it. Bet all. not much. Uh, um, maybe go to dinner or something. That's nice, man. Congrats uh, to them. That's that's that's, that's a, really cool. That's, that's pop. That's the goal. Hey, that's goals. I've been married two years now. Goals. So and it's also a good reminder because that reminds me that tomorrow is my wife's birthday because she was born on the very next day. 
That's good. And I won't tell you my wife's birthday, but she celebrates one tomorrow. Don't tell her age. Don't do, put my don't put wifey was, out there like that. Well, she was born the day after my parents got married. So, uh, oh, the exact day. Oh, don't do it, E. And she listens. She's not going like that. <laughs> the exact day. <laughs> she got to do the math. Do the math. Hey, so uh, Rod B. Uh, we want to go behind the burn orange curtain, talk some Texas football. We're four days out to the Longhorns opener with the Rice Owl. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, uh, Sark, really excited, uh, as we all are, about the uh, season opener for the Longhorns against the Rice Owls. Tomorrow we'll dive into actually breaking down the Rice Owls, their personnel schemes. We'll get into that. I know I don't want to bore you guys with that on Monday and Tuesday. We'll start diving into the opponent and getting into uh, game planning later on this week and starting tomorrow. Uh, but Sark spoke to the media yesterday at his uh, game week press conference, and he talked about a lot of different things. We played a ton of the sound, even had a retort from one Brett Yormark and his uh, a joke down there in Lubbock. But one of the things he also brought up was the position battles. And so many position battles still going on. He's even hinting that some of these position battles could end up, you know, spilling over into game one. Yeah. In the Rice game and let them still rotate and guys make plays and battle it out throughout the game. And then we'll know for sure who he trusts. In terms of depending on who he trots out there in that Alabama game. If if Sark uh, trusts a player, he'll play in the Alabama game. If he don't trust him yet, he ain't going to play in that game. It's not the kind of game you throw somebody out there and let them prove themselves. Uh, so here's Sark. He was talking about the position battles that are still going on and position battles all on the team. Um, here's Steve Sarkeesian. Well, I think one of the cool things about pretty much every position group that you talked about that's why we practice throughout the week, and that's why that, that they they come with a real intent to work every every day. You know, Malik and Arch, right now, you know they're both doing well, and so you know who do we feel like come Thursday is is the guy that kind of earned that that opportunity to be the backup this week. That'll that'll be who the backup is. The running back position the same. We got a lot of information to still take in here these this first few ball games. And so that's kind of how that position is gonna go. And and the corner position really too. Like I said, we we've got four corners we feel comfortable with in, in Ryan and Gavin, uh, Malik and in Terrence. Um, and so for them to, to show us throughout the week that they're ready to go and who's ready to play, then we can decide and make those make those tough calls later in the week. There you go. Um he brought up the backup quarterback position and so we actually are not sure if Malik's going to win that job or if Arch is trending uh, to the point where he can overtake Malik for that backup job. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah. And that's I, Actually, I don't even know which way I'm I, I think now I might be leaning Arch to win the job. Yeah, Strangely enough. Well, look, at the end of the day, the depth chart, we talked about how that it is a, a living thing. <laughs> it's You've earned your spot. But at the same time, the question is this. If, if Quinn Ewers went down against Alabama, who would run in? That is, I think Malik runs in. That's what I think. I think Malik goes in. Uh, that would be in. my guess. But, yeah. I'm, you know, Sark and the A.J. Milwee, Kyle Flood, they're a lot, you know, more in, into this whole thing. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna run out there. They think it gives them the best chance to move the football and not make mistakes and man the ship. I guess Malik doesn't run 20 miles per hour, though. <laughs> 20 miles 20 per MPHs, hour. 20 MPHs, baby. Who's got the wheels? <laughs> uh, but, yes, I love the way you put that, though. I uh, and it was just a great question that in, introduced kind of a thought experiment. If Quinn gets hurt right now, who goes in, don't think about it, just go, it's Malik. It's got to be Malik. Right. That's kind of He knows the offense. And to me, that's what the depth chart is about. Because, you know, this week, one versus two doesn't much matter because they're all going to play. And they're all going to you know, get down to the third or fourth guy in your depth chart this week against Rice mm-hmm. on a blazing hot Saturday afternoon. But it really matters next week. 
because you're right. I do think this depth chart battle goes into this week. Who is going to be assignment sound? Who's going to carry the practice habits to the field? Uh, who's going to make adjustments where we're asking them to make adjustments on the sidelines? And then that person will likely be the the guy that runs out there to play Alabama because that's when your top 11 on either side are going to be on the field. And then that's when depth charts really matter when you're playing an opponent, opponent that, that, that is that high quality. Uh, I, I, I love the way you put that. And now I guess with the way you phrased the question, Malik should be the leader. Um, if you're thinking about it the way you phrased it yeah. um, and the way you framed it. Okay, let's jump to another cut. This is actually about the offensive line. We've heard for a while that D.J. Campbell is getting a lot more reps. There's another competition happening on the offensive line. Yes, you bring back five stars. By the way, I'll give you the Joe Cook stat that <laughs> Ian and I were talking about earlier after this audio that is a mind-blowing one. Good news for Quinn Ewers and good news for the offense in general. Uh, but D.J. Campbell and Cole Hudson are battling it out on the offensive line. Here's Sark talking about D.J. Campbell's ascent. Yeah, so he and he and Cole will be in there at right guard. Um, they'll both play, and uh, like I said, I've been proud of DJ. I think not only has he physically matured, I think that he's mentally matured. I think you know when you when you're in the fire a little bit more, you understand the stove is, is hot, you know, and so you got to be prepared. And so, um, you know, I, I think where he's gotten himself to is that he's earning the opportunity to play. And like I said, he and Cole will both get will both get opportunities on Saturday. Uh, Sark uses earn a lot, and I love it. He talks about – he even talked about with Quinn Ewers. I don't know if we have time to play. We played the cut earlier, how Quinn Ewers has to earn those conversations with him. Remember he said that? Earn and yeah. like, Earn conversations. I mean, and I, I, the way he put it actually made sense that it, you have to – know the offense well enough, have familiarity with the offense well enough where you can address Sark with the proper language, right, with the specific, you know, terminology within the offense to be able to explain what you are trying to, you know, what what you are trying to come across and what you are trying to actually, you know, um, what you're actually trying to change and adjust within the offense to cater it to your specific skill set. And they do that for everybody. But Sark talks about earning a lot. And even now he just talked about how, once again, DJ Campbell's earning uh, those reps in that spot. Here's a stat I want to give for you about from Joe Cook. Shout out to at, at Joseph Cook 89 He does a great job for Inside Texas. He said uh, via the Texas game notes, so his source is pretty rock solid. He said this is the first time since at least 1993 that all five starters – from the previous season's offensive line return, it's the 11th time in the last 30 seasons, 11th time in the past 30 seasons in which four starters returned on the O-line, but the first time since at least 1993, since E. Hogan was hanging out with <laughs> members of the Texas O-line at their party, uh, party house, party house of mine. Uh, on, yeah. on, on Riverside over there. Uh, he knew some of these guys. That was the last time Texas returned all the five starters from the O-line. And you even remarked, uh, E, that Kyle Flood said the same thing. Like It's rare. It's the first time it happened for him, too, as an O-line coach. Yeah, I mean, and I can tell you the names. It was Dan Neal. Dan uh, Neal. It was Blake Brockermeyer. That's a damn good old line. Um, <sighs> they had a guy, Jay Bullware, was an offensive lineman on that team. I, I'm not trying to remember the starters. Um, but, I mean, they, they had some dudes, and, and Brockermeyer and Dan Neal were the two best. Oh, did they have those on the same side? Were Brockermeyer and Dan Neal on the They weren't on the same uh, side. Yeah, they did, actually. Did they really? Yeah, because Blake played left tackle, and, and Dan would typically play left guard. Cause Man, remember, I know where you're running, then. Yeah, because remember. <laughs> right to the left, um, side. left side. Well, yeah, but, but remember, <laughs> Dan was one of the best pooling guards you ever saw, so he would oh. kick out and come from the left side around That's the true. right side. That's true, right, yeah. They and moved he there, would yeah. lead the, uh, the, that counter game that John Makovic was so big. This is the second year of John Makovic. 93. There was also the, there was a, a dude named uh, John El, uh, John Elmore, who was from Sherman, Texas. He okay. was on that team, big six five guy. 
Uh, yeah, that 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 was a good offensive line, and it hmm. was, you know, they ended up paving the way for Ricky Williams to to take off when he arrived. Because well, Dan Neal played yeah. there for quite a while, but yeah, that I mean that was that that was building in, and and remember that uh, John Makovic had come out from Illinois, but he was in the NFL before that. Mm-hmm. He had a type of lineman he was looking for, right? That he, is true. He wanted pulling guards. He wanted, he wanted slimmer, pull. athletic guys. Yes, because yeah. he liked the the counter game and the pull trap game, and uh, those guys fit that. And Blake and, and Dan Neal were were two of the best. And and Sark's a little bit different. He's a big humans guy. Yeah, he wants he big wants humans. massive human beings that can just move other defenders against their will. Not saying these guys aren't athletic. He, he he pulls some guys. They actually do that every now and then too. But yeah, he's all all about having mass on the line of scrimmage. Uh, and Texas has the biggest offensive line in the Big Twelve this year. And the offensive line is going to be big, guys. It's going to be because losing Bijan and Rojo and, and Sark talked about it a little bit even in the media availability. It's definitely going to have an effect on the running game. I don't want to say regression because I don't want to jinx it, but it's going to have an effect on the running game. And we also know that one of the weak spots in pass protection last year was that was in the interior. All right, actually, they were pretty solid on the tackles. They were pretty solid on the perimeter, uh, being able to to pass protect effectively, uh, where teams were able to penetrate, able to get some pressure on the on Texas quarterback was in the interior. And I think that's something that Texas is trying to shore up with DJ Campbell being out there. So he's also, I think, another asset in the running game. He's a road grader. And I think that's why they like him over Cole Hudson. He's a road grader. Well, the other thing you would say about this Texas O-line is uh, five guys back this year and then competition in key spots. You you look to next year, most of those guys will be back again. I mean, only only Christian Jones will be out of – Eligibility yeah. next year. That's crazy to think. So yeah. when you think because I mean, because they got so many guys, you know, fast tracked. I mean, only Christian Jones will be not be able to come back next year. I'm not saying they're all coming back because there could be some attrition there and guys moving on. But at the same time, there's a chance as you're moving into the SEC that you have the same or most of the same line together for three seasons going wow. into the SEC. There's no way that's ever that that, that would have ever happened in Texas history I to return imagine. four of the five in back-to-back years. Yeah, yeah, that would be That'd be unheard of. I mean, there's a strong chance to DJ Campbell, Cole Hudson, Jake Majors, um, you know, Hayden Connor, they, they all very well could be back again next year. Yeah, we, we had to go He's look at f- the mid to late 2000s, yeah. maybe that 04 to 08 run, maybe it happened in there, maybe yeah. 03 though, but it's but if that is, if that's if that's the this, the comparison that we're making, look at those teams and how they dominate the lines of scrimmage that's because right. they had so much talented depth on that old line. Yeah, that's uh, and that's that's the SEC. That is the SEC. And that's where you give Sark another tip of the cap. we got to see what this year is all about, the mm-hmm. all-gas, no-excuses season. But it's built to be really good again, maybe even better, when they get to where, where, where they've been building towards. Oh, all right, no. we come back. What is popping? What's We've poppin'? got some breaking news oh, out of the no. NFL on cutdown day. Oh, no. Yeah, man. That's bad news. If I'm, that's what I'm looking at. Oh, that's the news you're talking about? Yeah. That's, Damn it. That's not good. Oh. We will get you that. Coming back. What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. I can put the ball in the end zone, put a bad in the friend zone. Sound like an intro, just give me that tempo. Told pool here for what is poppin'? What's poppin'? Uh, well, there you go, Rod, right there. Not our Houston, Texas. Bad you know news poppin'. See? Bad news. Well, we got to be poppin' bad news right here before mm. uh, the end of the program here on a, a fun Tuesday. we got uh, Jim Rome at the top of the hour. Ty will have his uh, Sex Panther pick of the night here coming for you gamblers. 
And uh, there you go, Rod. Go ahead and let people know that uh, the Texans. We talked earlier. We're just talking good about their offensive line potentially. Mm, yeah, it looks like Juice Scruggs and Kenyon Green both dealing with injuries to start the season. Separate injuries for both those guys dealing with start the season. So, uh, no, it, right it, it, details. Uh, and Titus sure Howard, the right out. guard, still in a ta- in a cast. And he's still that actually slipped my mind. I forgot he's got a hand injury, right? Yeah, he's in a cast. But they think he's going to play in the Baltimore game. The plan is that uh, he's had that cast for about three weeks now, and they've got a whole another week before they play the Ravens, and they hope to be able to take that thing off. And if not, he'll probably play with the cast on. Yeah. Uh, so it's been reported by Aaron. W- Aaron Wilson does a great job, uh, and it's. Uh, at, I get it from click2houston.com. Sources, Texas, Green, Green, Texas Kenyon Green injured his shoulder, and Juice Scruggs has a strained hamstring. Uh, those were injuries that they sustained versus the Saints, and because of those injuries, uh, looks like the availability for the season opener is now uncertain for both of those players. Yeah. Well, and then we know that Laramie Tunsil's at left tackle, Titus Howard right tackle. And I'll say this for Texas A&M fans, because they know Kenyon Green was a really good player for the Aggies. You know, he's one of those guys that the the Texans drafted 15th overall. Oh, they yeah. took Derek Stingley mm-hmm. in the top, and then they took uh, took him, and they need him to be good. He just hasn't stayed healthy, uh, and they need him to be more reliable at this point in the interior of their offensive line. I would also say with Juice Scruggs, they took another center, the kid Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame. They didn't – I mean, they, they were going to draft a center in this draft, the Texans, and they had some guys highly rated, and the kid from Notre Dame, Jarrett Patterson – was just a guy that they, they, they had scouted and they really liked. And when they got around to the mm-hmm. sixth, sixth round, he was still there. And so they took him. Smart move. Yeah, because they had taken Juice Scruggs out of Penn State in the second round. And so they may, they may, that value may help them here early on in this, in this season to get through some early injuries. Doesn't yeah. look like either of the, seri- or the injuries are, are too serious, like long-term, but just nagging. And, of course, the NFL starts next weekend, not yeah. this weekend. But the Texans have made – I mean, that's, it's unfortunate, but because of the significant investment they've made in the offensive line, you know, they're going to – you just talked about it. They drafted two centers <laughs> in this previous draft. I mean, they traded for a swing tackle slash uh, – hell, he can be just a swing offensive lineman because he plays guard, too, from, it, from Arizona – um, and they they just uh, traded for him not too long ago, taking advantage of that fire sale happening in Arizona. And you're right, they Shaq Mason re-signing Laramie Tunsil, re-signing Towers Howard. So they made significant investments. So none of these things are going to affect it long term, as you mentioned. Um, but it should help that they should have depth on that offensive line because they've been bringing in more and more talent on that O line in the well, last couple and, of years. And you know this because Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the 49ers, a good friend of yours. The, the the little secret on the Niners' success has been all lines of scrimmage, right? Yes, it has been. <laughs> I mean, they, they, yeah. they, uh, offensive and defensive lines. I mean, yeah. they've got skill players like crazy, but it's been built from the ground from the ground. And this is why you like what Sark is doing at Texas. That yeah, we're getting some some flashy weapons on the outside, but we're going to have lines of scrimmage ready for the SEC. Uh, that's and, and you can see the Texans and D'Amico Ryan's following yeah. a similar philosophy. We're going to. Because you, you can't win in the you can't win any level if you can't win the line of scrimmage. This no. doesn't matter what offensive scheme you're running. You can only go so far. Is, you just can't yeah. win. You only go so far. And guess what? About the big boys. The Longhorns program has found that out for about the last twelve years. Yeah, it's a hard <laughs> lesson to have to learn. Yeah, it's a tough lesson to learn, man. But you're right. I'm glad they learned it before they went to the line of scrimmage league that is the SEC. Thank you, Pancake. <laughs> Thank you, Pancake Factory. Pancake Shout Factory. Shout out, is B- BMDs, big money donors. Shout out. Hey, uh, T.Y., do you have a Sex Panther pick of the night that you're super Maybe fired up? studies, you know, 60% of the time, it works every time. Every time. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes. What's your pick, Ty? Uh, 
I, I mean, I know this. I, you, you said I was taking some homer picks, and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to take the Rangers. Tonight. Oh, Rangers and the Mets. After, hey. after that, I mean, what was it, 47? Oh, and 47. In the ninth inning went down. I think last night that breakthrough. I think that's the. I think that's the juice they needed to the, to get over this hump. I hope well, so because I don't want to see this this snide continue for them. And the Mets are terrible. And the Mets have got oh, a one and five pitcher on the mound, Jose yeah. Quintana. Uh, Andrew Heaney will uh, tow it for the Texas Rangers. Astros play the Red Sox. They start at the Go exact through. same time. Uh, 6-10 first pitch in both. So you can check them both out. Astros will have J.P. France on the mound, who's looking to bounce back from his worst start that he's had in last weekend. I mean, it was terrible. Uh, for the Astros. So they need to get him back on track. Uh, one game. Because the Rangers and Astros are tied. They're both behind the Mariners by a game. Mm-hmm. Mariners will play Oakland tonight, so they're probably going to win. Yeah. The and they've got their best pitcher on the mound, George Kirby, the big right-hander. Uh, that's not good. Rangers and Astros need to win because the Mariners are going to win tonight. That would, I, I know the odds are probably a bad tie, but that would be my pick tonight, the Mariners. Mariners. But I bet it's probably plus 250 or something. What if you parlayed the Rangers, Astros, and Mariners all together? See, look at this guy. He hasn't learned his lesson yet. He hasn't learned his lesson yet. Yeah, I won a parlay last night. Oh. Do it. Do it. Do oh. that. Make that your Sex Panther he's in, pick. He's encouraging you. Okay, like that. that's the that's Sex Panther parlay of the day. Really. <laughs> the Sex Panther parlay of the day. <laughs> oh, Rod B. All right, buddy. Uh, have Good a great stuff. Tuesday. We'll you get too, closer buddy. to game day. By the way, uh, on four days to the – where does Rod, Roy Williams rank on toughest receivers you ever had to guard and go up against? Oh, very high. Yeah, he's top. He's top five for me. Oh, top three probably. Even NFL. Yeah, he was legit. He was a real deal. Yeah, Roy was a old number beast. four. Yeah, old number four. Roy Williams. Four days out tomorrow. It'll be three. And we'll be counting them down with you. It'll be a get over the hump Wednesday. Thanks to everybody today, including Steve Hellwagon, helped us preview the number four team in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes. If you missed that or any part of the show from 6 a.m. to now, five hours a day, five days a week, podcast at hornfm.com. We'll see you 6 a.m. tomorrow. Jim Rome next.